Episode 34, Church History, Part 4. Yeshua's gospel is repentance. It is to live and believe in his father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to obey his commandments, to have faith with works, for faith without works is dead, and to endure unto the end. These were some of the focal requirements for salvation and eternal life per Yeshua. Paul's gospel was faith in grace. It was the crucifixion or the cross. And we talked about where the cross came from in prior episodes. He said, the law worketh wrath and judgment will come by his gospel or quote unquote, my gospel. Paul's gospel differed from Yeshua's gospel and his disciples and his followers. When Stephen was stoned to death, it left many of the true believers of Yeshua rattled and scattered. But the disciples continued to preach the message of repentance as Barnabas and Paul did their own thing with their new religion of the Christians to the Gentiles. The Roman Emperor Nero begins his reign as Paul completes his different missionary journeys to the Gentiles. Under Nero is when the persecution of the Christians began. It was required for all citizens of Rome to worship the sitting Roman Emperor. Christians established by Paul were not connected to any Hebraic roots and were considered a distinct religion in the eyes of Rome. Judaites or Israelites were still following the Torah and their belief in Yah, and the Romans viewed them as a special group that pretty much did their own thing. Thus, the Judaites were not required to follow the Roman traditions of worshiping the emperor. If Christians were associated with the Judaites, they didn't have to worship the emperor either. However, the Christians did not want to be connected with the Judaites. And this solidified their Christian religion as stand alone. As more and more Gentiles became Christians, the growth was noted by the Romans and they saw it as a distinct religion. So Christians had to follow the Roman rules, which meant worshiping the Roman emperor. Christians refused. And this is when the persecution from Nero began. The Romans didn't like that the Christians were worshiping Yeshua, a man they previously condemned by their Roman governor, and the Christians showed no political loyalty to the Roman emperor. Kenan Prepper's Churchiani Part Two states that the apologetics noted in the Epistle Diognetus attempts to argue for the divine origin of Christianity, which states it is superior to the Judaic culture and its ritual worship. Christianity had shaken off adherence to the Torah in full. Nero was believed to be 17 years old when he came into power, and his character was wicked, cruel, and evil. In 64 AD, approximately, a fire breaks out in Rome. It breaks out in the merchant shops and Rome's chariot stadium. The fire rages for six days and destroys a large part of the city. Nero claimed to be far away when the fire broke out. But many people knew Nero's hand was all over this fire and that he was the one that started it. Nero had ordered the city of Rome to be burned to the ground because he wanted to bypass the political structure of the Senate and rebuild Rome to his liking or the way he wanted it. Yes, it was all about him. Sound familiar? Historian Tacitus claimed Nero watched Rome burn as he played his fiddle. Keep in mind, this was the same dude that murdered his mother because she opposed of Nero having an affair on his wife. As each new ruler from Esau and Japheth came on the scene, the Judaites and the Israelites had more to contend with and more to fight with to obtain their identity amongst these foreign powers. Nero knew everyone was pointing fingers at him. And as a result, he blamed the Christians and the Judaites. Historian Tacitus says, in order to destroy this rumor, Nero blamed the Christians. 
who were already hated for their abominations and he punished them with refined cruelty. The abomination was not worshiping the Roman idol gods. Paul the Christian was killed under Nero and Peter the Judaite was also killed under Nero. It's been preached for years that Peter was crucified upside down, but there's nowhere in scripture that verifies this. I don't know if they added this to his resume to make him a saint, in which they did, but the accuracy of Peter's death is yet to be determined. But there are no scriptures that said he was crucified and turned upside down. It's not in there. John 21, 18. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. And still after reading John 21 and 18, it does not say that Peter was crucified like Yeshua, and neither was he upside down. Dr. Ryan M. Reeves, an assistant professor of historical theology at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary, has this to say about the Roman persecution of the Christians in the first two centuries. Persecution of Christians is often misunderstood. There are popular misconceptions about how Christians were persecuted and about the ways in which the Roman world and the Roman government treated Christians as a whole. Often, particularly in the textbook or in popular books on the subject, the first centuries of the church are treated as if the Christians were subject to ethnic cleansing or something as heinous as the Nazi treatment of the Jews in World War II. In fact, with some defiance, we want to stress that is not the case. But we have to understand that in general, overall, given the breadth and depth of the Roman government and the amount of land it covers and looking at the church as a whole for several centuries, by and large, as we'll see, persecutions were sporadic and they were local. In fact, at times, only a handful would be persecuted, not thousands and thousands of Christians. We don't see Rome attempting to wipe Christians from the face of the earth, at least not in these centuries. When we get to the third century crisis and up into Diocletian in the early fourth century, we do see something close to that. It gets significantly worse by that period of time. But from the earliest days up until the early 200s, Christianity is sporadically persecuted and it is by and large ignored, though it is on the books oppressed and illegal. We learned that Pompey took over Jerusalem in 63 BC and the Romans ruled the city as well as Judea and other cities. Nero is now the emperor and we have the followers of Yeshua, which are the Judaites or Israelites and Paul's Christians or the Gentiles. Nero is persecuting the Judaites and the Christians for not worshiping him or the Roman pagan gods and for starting the fire, which was a lie. Between 66 and 67 AD, Peter is killed as well as Paul and the Judaites in Jerusalem began to revolt against the Romans and they were able to kick them out of Jerusalem. Finally, prophecy of Yeshua says, Mark 13, 14, but when ye shall see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel, the prophet standing where it ought not, let him that readeth understand, then let them that be in Judea flee to the mountains. Many Judaites remembered the prophecy from Yeshua and eventually left Jerusalem and Judea long before the war with the Romans. Judaites who remained were compromised in their beliefs and were considered radicals. They fought the Romans and won, just like the Maccabees had done. And the Judaites finally controlled Jerusalem around 66 AD. Nero sends General Vespasian to lead the fight against the Judaites. The Romans wanted that territory back. The Romans were not happy with the Judaites' revolt, nor were they happy with Nero and they wanted another emperor. So Nero leaves town and commits suicide around 68 AD. After Nero, the Roman emperors were 
Galba, he reigned for only seven months from 68-69 AD, then Otho three months in 69 AD, then Vitellius reigned for eight months in 69 AD. Vasbian, the war general, becomes the Roman emperor around 69 to 70 AD, and he places his son Titus in charge of the ongoing war with the Judaites in Jerusalem. In 70 AD, Titus began his overthrow and the obstruction of Jerusalem, but the Judaites continued to keep him and the Romans at bay. So the Romans cut off supplies to the city, causing the Judaites to literally starve. Then Titus and the Roman army broke through the northern wall of Jerusalem. Then another wall was breached. It was noted they massacred much of the remaining population of the Judaites. Soon fighting broke out around the temple, which was doing Passover. They destroyed the second temple. By August 28, the Romans broke through to the temple's inner courts, where they were met by 6,000 Judaite zealots, prepared to die for their cause. Even the priests, the only ones still allowed inside the temple, put up a resistance. Once raging fires began to consume the temple itself, the fight went out of the Judaites, and those who survived fled in horror or watched helplessly as their last hopes went literally up in smoke. Following the destruction of their beloved city, Persecution and new restrictions on the Judaites forced thousands to leave the now desolate region, many migrating to Egypt, West Africa, and Arabia. Others were carried by General Titus into exile into other lands. The Roman Empire successfully maintained an unrivaled political unity in the Mediterranean basin. As long as its citizens adhered to the established Roman law and lived happily within the Hellenistic culture that prevailed, all would be fine. It is within this framework the new Christian movement was allowed to grow and even thrive. This is Perkinian Prepper's Churchianity Part 2. In Jerusalem, the temple was destroyed with only the foundation left. The treasures of the temple were carried to Rome and sits on the Arch of Titus. Many Judaites left Jerusalem before the war with the Romans and those remaining left after the war or died during the war. There were 6,000 Judaites killed in the war and some estimate over a million per Josephus. Jeremiah 50:17. Israel is a scattered sheep. The lions have driven him away. First, the king of Assyria had devoured him. And last, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had broken his bones. Syria, Babylon, now the Romans have decimated our homeland. Ezekiel eleven seventeen. Therefore say, thus saith Yah, I will even gather you from the people and assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered and I will give you the land of Israel. We are those Israelites. We are the ones that have been scattered in a strange land that's not ours. Our names wiped off the face of the earth, given the names of our slave masters. Israelites, we were driven from our homeland by the Syrians, by Babylon, and by the Romans. In fact, the Romans are still in power today. From the U.S. to Israel, from Israel to England, from England to Rome to China, Esau and Japheth are still in power. They're still in control for now. So what do we do? We wait until Yah comes, gathers us from the north, the south, the east, and the west and takes us to our new heaven and new earth. But please remember first to follow the teachings of Yeshua and not man. As we seek truth, please seek truth with us. Please send questions or comments to info at truthwars.com or comment here. We don't claim to know everything. We just seek the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that knows everything. 
Let truth roar. Let truth reign. Let truth speak. And let truth set you and your entire family free. Truth roars. Truth reigns. Truth speaks. Truth sets me free. Please see a podcast disclaimer at truthroars.com.